0: Welcome to the Define You Radio podcast, where class is always in session. Get ready for the life lessons, tips, and stories to help you define your life. And now your host, the Drill Sergeant would love, Valencia Griffin-Wallace.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to Define You Radio I'm your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Make sure you like, love, share the video, and leave your comments below. We were going to go live on Instagram, but we'll get into that in a moment. So let's go ahead and welcome the hot seat queens, Queen Shannon. Hey, y'all. And Queen Levon. Hi, guys. So we're, we're we're supposed to have a guest tonight. She was having technical difficulties. So tonight is a total um, we're just gonna talk about obstacles tonight. That's that, like we're yeah. just gonna be real because we were gonna try to do Facebook Live and Instagram live. Mm-hmm. We're we were gonna try to do X, Y, and Z and Z, Y, and X. And it was just the you know. But we're gonna be great anyway. So we're gonna talk about some obstacles that has happened thus far in 2019. Classes and sessions okay. and papers ready. So let's talk about <laughs> obstacles, Queens. Let's just let's just talk. We haven't like this is really okay. Angela has joined. We'll go ahead and let her on. So we're not talking about obstacles tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we're gonna have our guest, <laughs> Ms. Angela Ray. Let's go ahead and welcome her to the show.
2: Hey, Miss Angela. Welcome, welcome.
3: Hey, how is everybody going?
2: Good, there go. good. Okay,
1: you can see us.
0: I can. Okay. Yes. Good evening, Queen. Good evening.
1: Welcome. Okay, Thank guys. Thank you. Um We have our guest on, Miss Angela Ray. Make sure you like, love, and share the video. Like I said, and tonight, we're introducing you to Angela. Like I said, it's been a crazy night. But Angela is an actress, author, and speaker. She is a multifaceted performer with credits on hit shows like Atlanta, Queen Sugar, and Love Thy Neighbor. She uses her training as an actress as the foundation for her other career endeavors she is also an author and y'all know we love authors here hey queen Aquisha, make sure you like love and share the video she uh is an author, the author of Rays of motivation megastar student leadership and blackberry whispers which we will be talking about tonight so go ahead uh queen angela and say hey to the define you radio audience
3: What's up, Define You Radio? Thank you so much for having me on this evening.
1: We're excited. A lot of you guys may remember I interviewed Angela last year at the Atlanta Black Theater Festival happening in October. I expect to see y'all there. Um, And she, she, among her acting and everything she does, I was surprised to find out she was an author. So my first question to kind of, Go ahead and get us into it. Why Why did you decide to write?
3: So why did I decide to write? I got started writing poetry actually off a of dare. I was in the seventh grade. We were in Mrs. Patterson's seventh grade English class, and we were studying poetry. And one of my classmates, I will never forget, Amy Pendergrass, asked me if I could write poetry, but I had never written anything. So me, not you know, wanting to admit that I couldn't. I said, yes, I can write poetry. She's like, well, I dare you to write a poem about a crush. And so I took her up on the dare. And that's That's how I started writing poetry. Now, I will say that first poem was not good. It was probably garbage, (laughs) but that kind of ignited something in me. And so I continued to write on my own, never shared any of those early poems with anybody. But by the time I got to college, I was ready to really get some help with writing. And so I took a poetry class, started entering poetry contests, started winning. And then I decided to publish several years later at the encouragement of actress Suzanne Douglas, who told me that I should use my poetry to few other things that I was doing in the arts, namely my acting. Mm. Awesome. So you,
1: you started writing before you actually started acting.
3: That is correct. Awesome. You didn't know what I was going to do with it at the time. You
1: just did it, which is, you know, that's I think we all kind of start writing like that. When you're a true writer, you just start writing, not knowing exactly where you're going with it. And one of the things Angela informed me is that April is hey Queen Ashanti um April is National Poetry Month did wow. y'all know that no I did not know that I did see That's what I'm saying so Queen LaVon I, I know you have questions
2: go ahead well, I am a lover of poetry um yes I love poetry so in your this your new book, Blackberry Whispers, well, I love the title because it makes me think about you you all know the Blackberry phone. Everyone had one. Everyone <laughs> loved that phone, you know, until the little wheel out the middle fell out. It had no paint or anything left. How about that? It. So <laughs> in your process of starting of writing Blackberry Whispers, how were you um drawn to that name? Did the phone have anything to do with it? Or were you just, was it just a play on words?
3: So yeah, the phone had nothing to do with it when I came up with the title. So Blackberry Whispers was my first book and I have now updated it. So this is the second edition. So yeah. when I wrote the book in 2004, I'd never even heard of the Blackberry phone. And so my thinking with Blackberry Whispers are the sweet prayers that we say through our poetry. And that's where the title came from. It had nothing to do with the phone. It's amazing now many years in the later that you know the Blackberry is such a popular device for people, but yeah, had nothing to do with the phone at the time.
2: You was a pioneer. That's- saw
0: absolutely <laughs> i mean i mean to be honest you know the singer in me i saw black and the only thing i could think of the song blackberry molasses so that's where my mind went Aww. and i immediately started singing <laughs> i saw it and i was like oh blackberry molasses that's what made me it caught me so it is a very very catchy title though it really is it takes you especially depending on your generation it can catch them either way um so that's a very very awesome title I can awesome see jazz, a
2: jazz song. It has that jazz yes. feel to it. I could see
0: that. Absolutely. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes indeed. So Queen Angela, uh, look at me, Queen Angela. Well, I said that right, Queen Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one of the biggest obstacles you face when when writing this book or rewriting it? And hey, Sam, we see you. Thank you for joining us again. Make sure y'all like, love, and share the video.
3: I think my biggest obstacle was just self-doubt, like me getting in my own way, because, again, I had been writing for a number of years. I had at that point before I published, I'd actually shared a lot of my poetry live. I had been traveling, doing poetry slams, actually winning poetry slams, but still was very hesitant to put pen to paper and commit to this is the final draft. And this is what I'm going to hand off into the world. So I think the biggest obstacle for me was my own self-doubt.
1: Do you think, do you see a lot of people, um, because especially because you're an actress, you know, mainly that's where a lot of people will know you from more than being an author, probably, or maybe, you know, a little bit of both? Do you see people getting in their own way because they feel like they should only do one thing?
3: Absolutely. Uh, I can say that, you know, at, at times that's been my own thing because one of the reasons I decided to come back to Blackbeard Whispers is because at one time poetry was. A huge, huge percentage uh part of, of me performing. And so I'd kind of put it aside when I decided to focus on film and television. And so there is a whole community of people who are in my circle who are just finding out in the last year or two that I write and perform poetry because I wasn't doing anything with it for so many years. And so I was wondering how I would be viewed, you know, doing poetry. But also acting if people would not take me seriously as an actor, because in some there are some schools of thought when it comes to acting that that is what you have to do. You have to be serious. You have to to train. You have to be laser focused. And so I didn't really want to be perceived as a jack of all trades and a master Mm. of none, particularly as it became to my acting. However, what I began to realize was that my performing poetry was just a different genre of acting. Right. And that right. kind of gave me permission to explore and share it again in a different way. Hmm.
1: Queen Shannon.
0: So I, I wanted to touch. Um, so, first, I want to ask the poem that you recited at uh, the Women in Media Entertainment Awards is that a poem that's in Blackberry Whispers? That is
3: not in Blackberry Whispers. That is actually in Rays of Motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the only poem that's in that book as well like that is more uh, I consider that my affirmation poem and since the majority of raise and motivation is affirmations that you know individuals can read as a part of their daily meditation I decided to include
0: that poem in that book awesome and now so the second part of that that poem um you com you commanded the stage with that poem she did. um when you, you stepped on Thank and you, you just went into it um I wanted to know if if were you always able to command this stage with your poetry in that manner or, or did the acting help you hone in and tweak that commandment of of, of being in that that presence?
3: Mm. I would say definitely the acting, the acting as well as the speaking. I was, you know, in between, you know, on stage, I think the first thing that I was doing a lot of was poetry. I transitioned that into doing a lot of speaking, still doing poetry, but the two were not together. And then at some point when I decided I didn't want to do the poetry slams and the open mics, I decided to incorporate the poetry within my speaking. And so the sharper I got in speaking, which was, you know, I think enhanced by my acting, the better my poetry got. So that's why I eventually just realized they're all related. It's just a different genre. Hmm.
1: So when you introduce yourself to people,
3: what do you say? Hi, I'm Angela Ray. I'm an actress, author and MC. That's most of the time I rarely, <laughs> I rarely introduce myself as a poet, even though I do poetry. Uh, but yeah, I rarely, so the author usually takes care of that. I, I kind of, you know, cause I don't want to be like, hi, I'm an actress. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I'm an, it's too much. But I try to, when I mention author, usually I, I hope people know that, you know, the poetry is encompassed in that.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I only could imagine because even, you know, today, a lot of women, I know the, all of us here at Define You Radio, we have different titles. So, and I always say, you know, when you introduce yourself to people, my thing is that I would say the the first thing you say is that one that you kind of want to put the nail in the head in. Mm-hmm. What what are your thoughts, especially because you're maneuvering around Atlanta, you're writing and, you know, you're directing as well. Um Yes. So especially so with all of those things, do you feel like the best way is to your first introduction and your first title, so to speak, is the one you kind of want to put the nail in a coffin in, so to speak?
3: I think that's probably the best way to do it. I think I generally lead with acting because that is the one that I am most visible with that. You know, there are things when I mention some of my credits and I can mention an episode, it automatically becomes real for people with the speaking, with the hosting, with the emceeing, with being a poet. And and even with directing, that doesn't always excite people and or people can't always uh, see that as being tangible for them and having a relationship with it or or being able to to kind of visualize what that means for them and who I am so generally I lead with the acting but I think what you said Valencia is right you know you you should lead with the thing that you want to um to focus on and you want people to remember the most
2: hmm Queen LaVon I have a question um Angela concerning um composing this book it makes me think about um kind of like those sunday saturday evenings or those sunday lazy sunday type conversations of ladies around the table you know when you're just kind of chit-chatting and i think you got that's one of your um subjects you talk about just the chit-chat would you say that your upbringing, you know, being around maybe watching, you know, your mom and your aunties or watching other women sit and have those conversations that that influence um, any parts of your book or your writing? It, it
3: absolutely did. You know, there are times when women of a certain age, you know, 50, 55, 60, 65, when they read some of my poetry, they, you know, they question me like, How do you know about this? You're too young. And so (laughs) a lot of my poetry was impacted, particularly some of the the reflections of my early days were influenced by me staying with my grandmother very young. So, yeah, and and being around her friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) who were much older than my mother. So there are things that I reference in in my poetry that people of a certain age, you know, may or may not have any idea about but what it's done for me is because I do reference some things that I've grown up, not only with people my age, but older. It's made my audience for this book to be wider without me even trying to do that.
0: Awesome, mm. That's good. That's really good. So here's here's what I'm, we're, we're discussing the book. Um, We've read, you know, you know, the synopsis well, what the book is about, but can you tell our audience what the book is about? Because I'm sure they're like, well, you know, we're hearing the the, the title, we're hearing, you know, the chit chat. But what exactly is the basis of the book? What is it about?
3: <laughs> I was trying to say this is this is the, the light is not cooperating. Let's see. There we go. There we go. That's Blackberry Whispers. So uh, Blackberry Whispers is my book of poetry that essentially talks about what it means to be a black woman growing up in the South, experiencing Uh, life, love, friendship, fellowship and growing spiritually because particularly with this second edition, you know, there's a lot that happened in my life between 2004 when I published the first edition to last year, 2018, when I published the second edition. And so a lot of that was my own spiritual growth. So that's a lot of the new poetry that's included in this new edition. um, Definitely references that. So that is what I would say that the book is about.
1: And um, thank you, Sam, 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 I don't know if you're a man or a woman. I just need you to put that in the comments. Sam wants <laughs> to know already where can you buy the the book. Sam always gets straight to the point. Like, where can I get the <laughs> book?
3: <laughs> Blackberrywhispers.com.
1: See? That's so easy. Very and then, easy. Uh, one of the queens or one of you guys, go ahead and type it in the comments and stuff. Sam must be an avid,
2: avid reader. Mm-hmm and he and is I, a man based on his facebook profile. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know LeVar's going to do the research. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, as you we wrote like Sam here.
1: Um I know we do like Sam, Sam supports <laughs> supports the show. Yes, Sam will like love share and comment. So, Queen Angela, now being that you've written a book and written poetry, what do you find it's the it's the hardest, writing a book or writing poetry?
3: Hmm. You mean just when you say writing a book or writing poetry, do you mean writing a book that is not poetry or do you mean actually the process of putting a book together as opposed to writing the individual poems?
1: Mm-mm. Right. Definitely the writing of uh, like I could write a write a book, whether it's a how to, fictional, nonfiction, whatever, I could go in because you get time to expand your thoughts. Whereas with poetry, you know, you gotta kind of boom, boom, bam, done. You know what I'm saying?
3: Right. Yes. <laughs> um, there I think there was a time for me when I had to quote unquote uh be hit by the spirit, have the inspiration to write a poem. Maybe it's an experience. Maybe I recall something. But lately, some of my poetry has been more by assignment. And so that has been challenging at times. I'll give you an example. Uh, You mentioned the poem Born to Shine that I did at the Women in Entertainment Media Awards. I messed around with that poem, if you all can believe it, for over a year. I would write a little bit and I would put it aside and I would write a little bit and I would put it aside. And I just couldn't quite get it to where I wanted it to be. And so I had a friend who was having a birthday party for his dad and he had invited me. And I just decided the night before, you're going to finish this poem and you're going to do it at the birthday party. And so that's what I did. i I just had to give myself a deadline. I wrote it, finished it, you know, deleted some stuff, figured it out, shared it there, and literally got an invitation to share that at a women's empowerment event while I was at the birthday party. And this was just reading it. I didn't know it. And, you know, my friend, I love him to death. He is such a marketer. Once I went to him and said, hey, you think I could share this poem? I'm trying to figure out, you know, get a rhythm for it. I've, you know, just finished it. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So immediately he starts walking around the room, around the house, telling his family, yo, I got this poet, you know, I brought her in for my dad's birthday party. She's bad, (laughs) you know, she's an actress. And I was like... This dude is selling me and all I'm going to do is get up and read this poem off of a piece of paper because <laughs> I'm just kind of working it out but based off the reaction I received that day I was like okay it's done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to answer your question Lucia yes poetry can definitely be a lot more difficult especially when I'm not on a strict deadline. Mm.
1: Interesting. I could I could imagine only because the way my thoughts work And anybody that has had a conversation with me can understand this. Shannon, I can see your face. I don't know if you (laughs) recognize that or not. Um, But I have, my brain is like that. Like I have long range, like I'm a writer, no doubt. Like I'm, and when I say that, like just the way my thoughts and my imagination work, I mean, even when I talk, it's hard for me to go boom, boom, disappoint. You know, I don't need no amens, okay? So um, one of the things I wanted you to share for the people that may have missed the interview last year. And then, you know, of course, we're going to get back to the book. But I definitely want you to share your 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 Fab Five, your five that we talked about um, last year at ABTF. And if um, you So I, I was. Would... Yeah, what that is. And then go ahead.
3: So, um, I actually got this from a T-Mobile commercial uh, that was one of the campaigns that was going on probably about 10 years ago. And, uh, it was Charles Barkley and Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade was trying to get Charles Barkley to be a part of his five. Now, cell phone plans and cell phones have changed so much in the last 10 years, but 10 years ago, you could put five people in your favorites and you could call those five individuals unlimited you know now mm-hmm. it's like what what is that about like you don't have that I mean you know I'm sure we all remember when you someone would call you at seven o'clock you'd like uh let me call you back at the nine o'clock with my free minutes kicking <laughs> that, that's kind of yeah. what, <laughs> what the the fab five was instead of you having to wait till nine o'clock or the weekend you could call these five people at any time um unlimited and so I talked about the fact that because of who Charles Barkley was, you know, he was an outstanding NBA player, it made sense for Dwayne Wade who at that time was still in the prime of his career. I think tonight it's interesting, we're talking about this, tonight he's playing his last home game in Miami but that was very early in his career so it made sense to want to have someone in your five like a Charles Barkley who was a Hall of Fame player and so I, I related that for my high school and college students that I speak to by telling them that you want to make sure that you have five people in your inner circle who are important, who have your back, who can speak to you, who can lift you up, but who can also correct you in a loving way. And so thinking about who those five people are in your inner circle that can help take you from point A, which is where you are now, to point B where you want to be in the future. Mm. Mm. Love it.
1: Has your five uh, changed Like, let's say within the last five years.
3: Absolutely. It has, it it has. And, you know, sometimes that makes me sad a little bit, Uh, but I've often heard it, you know, I've read it and and I've heard it, you know, being said that everyone can't go with you on the journey. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's heartbreaking when you have spent, you know, 10 or 15 years in relationship with people and they just can't go for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So definitely, uh, my, my five has definitely changed. Um, like I said, it's, it is sad at times, but I have to recognize that it's not necessarily anything, you know, maybe that she did wrong, he did wrong or whatever. It's just where I am and being in a, a strong enough place to let that person go with love. Mm.
1: I
2: love that. Queen Levine. That is real good. Oh my God. And I, I guess I never thought about that, but now in my mind, I'm trying to think of my five, like what would my five be? Because that's an awesome way to think about it. Um, Angela, so I would like to ask with the way social, social media has really taken off, Um, what advice would you give to a young poet that's, you know, maybe on watching tonight thinking, Oh well, I'm just writing, you know. I'm just writing my thoughts. So I'm writing what I feel, you know. No one is really would want to hear this, or is this marketable, or is this something that I really, you know, can can do? What would you advice? Would you give that young person, that f- future poet?
3: get on Facebook, pull out your cell phone, your iPhone, your Samsung, your flip phone, (laughs) however you can record and just share. People still have, my dad has flip phone. So people still have flip phones, but yeah, yeah, share your work. You know, uh, I have a 20 year old niece and one of her friends has started sharing her poetry on Facebook, you know, and it's, it Mm is, it's, it's, I won't say it's viral. It's like a mini viral. She's been getting great feedback and I think the feedback has been encouraging for her to continue. So um, it it can be a little nerve wracking. I admit, you know, to kind of just put yourself out there again. I, I didn't know how I was going to put myself out there at this birthday party. You know, I have a piece of paper and I'm up reading and, you know, not knowing how it's going to work. But that is the thing, you know, in this era of social media, like you just said, the playing field has been leveled. Yeah. You know, you can put something out there and tomorrow. Literally, it's it can happen that fast. Your life can be changed. I don't remember the young lady uh, who did this, but there was someone who did a rap uh, maybe about a year ago, probably sometime in late 2018. It was in response to something that was really heavy in the media and it went so viral that people like Ice-T, Ice Cube, all these huge names started reaching out to her on social media to commend her on her ability to rap, like all mm. in one day. So it, it, you all know, right. you got to share it. You got to share it.
1: I want to give a quick shout out to Marcus Keith, another uh, ABTF friend. We'll be seeing them this year. And I just want to add this before I go on to Queen Shannon's question. Um, I got bars, and had somebody recorded the video right last year at the movie experience. The whole world, I could have had a um, what you call it? Somebody laid a demo. Yeah,
3: you could have had a deal. You could have had a deal by now.
1: I could have had my ducats. I'm not gonna say who didn't record it right. I'm not gonna put that on none of the queens. I'm just saying I dropped a hot 16, 12. I don't know how many bars it was. Okay. So,
0: um, Jesus help us all. With
1: that being said, Queen Shannon.
0: <laughs> um, I I just want to ask a question, and as in reference to the acting, um, we've talked about you know the young people the poetry and getting in social media, all those things. What is one thing that you would you would recommend for someone seeking to. I want to say this, and of course, it's not no no shade or anything towards anybody, but especially women of color. Getting into the acting field, what is the one thing you would tell them? um, When they're they're wanting to go in that direction.
3: Oh, wow. Specifically, women of color. I have to be honest. I there's a part of me that feels like that there isn't a a big difference in the advice that I would give to someone uh, a woman of color and someone who is not, except that you know it is what it is. We do still have biases for for women of color, and even within our own community. That has definitely changed a lot, I would say, say in the last 10 to 15 years. I was actually watching uh, the very talented Tashina Arnold um, on a show, I believe it's called Uncensored, on TV One. Mm -hmm. And to hear her talk about early in her career where she was always the best friend. You know, we saw her on Martin as uh, Tisha Campbell Mm -hmm. Martin's best friend. Right. Yeah. She was paying, but she was the best friend. She was not the lead actress. And mm-hmm. she was saying like at that point in her career, that's all she She was always the best friend. She was she was never the lead actress. But now we see in 2017, 2018, even before that with everyone hates Chris, uh, that's beginning to change. And so mm-hmm. she's had these roles where she is a lead actress, even, you know, someone of a darker hue. So, I would say first of all, be aware that those biases do still exist. But Hollywood, the powers that be, those who are in the decision-making positions, they are beginning to soften that and and to be able to look at just the talent. Um, But I think the biggest advice would be to know that, unfortunately it's not always about you and your abilities. And I'll give you an example. Mm. I've had an opportunity to be on the other side of the table, meaning instead of going in to try to get the role, I've been on the side of the table with producers and actors to decide who gets the role. And it's a very eye-opening experience. And so I remember casting a couple of commercials about two or three years ago and sitting in a room, knowing who was the most talented person, knowing who was the second most talented person and even the third. And those top three didn't get it because it was a combination of things. We actually were putting together. Part of it was we were putting together a family. We had a, a husband, a wife, and we had children. And so we were looking at this husband But this particular wife didn't go with this husband. So then we had to decide, do we really want this husband or do we really want this wife? Because if we really want this husband, then we got to choose another wife. But if we really want this wife, then we can let this one go. So casting is definitely of an art more than a science and more than just about it being the very best person. Uh, sometimes, when it comes down to it, if there has to be a last minute change in casting, oftentimes a producer or a director may come to the casting director and say, Give us someone you know can do the job that person may not have even auditioned for it. I, I know for a fact that that has happened in talking to people. So I think that biggest advice is that it's not always about you. You want to train. You want to be prepared. You want to take classes. You want to make sure that you present the best package. And at that point, it's it's not really in your hands.
0: Mm. Oh, that's awesome advice. Mm-hmm. Well, there goes, my, about... um,
3: there goes
1: my yeah. beginning acting career. Y'all laughing. I'm Lord, just saying, because I'll be mad. Like I know know that I did it. Know that I did, but because the man don't match my part, you know.
3: Or you could be my- too short, or you could be too tall. I right. mean, we have those dynamics wow. as well.
0: That's I mean, I, I don't know if
3: you all remember the show. It's it's now in reruns. Facts of Life. Yes, with us fields nancy McKean uh mm-hmm. when kim fields was first cast in that role they liked her so much they decided to keep her but she was way shorter than the other actresses so they actually wrote into the script that tootie loved roller skates and it happened to work out that she could roll skate so uh, i don't know if you all remember in those first couple of seasons kim mm-hmm. Fields was always on roller skates that's yeah. why they wrote it to the script because she was so much shorter than everyone else.
0: Wow, wow, wow. that's wow. what
1: I have to say. Somebody gonna just don't write me on roller skates because Lord, the show will be over before it got started. <laughs> um, one one of the things, Queen Angela. One of the things we talked about, or one of the things that you put in your pre-show interview. Yes, guys, I do do like a pre-show situation okay this don't just flow like this it don't just flow like this all the time um one of the things you said uh, was about people turning the mirror around on themselves so what, if you could explain what that means
3: what that means is recognizing that even though we as individuals may be called to inspire. We may be called to teach, to act, to produce. We may be called to connect individuals, recognizing that at times the things that we are called to do oftentimes are because we may need some work on those areas in our own lives. And so being willing to not just give advice, but literally take the advice that you give and then meditate on it for yourself. Because I know, like, for me, this acting is its a journey. Um, I think uh, that you all shared on the Define You Instagram account, one of my rays of motivation, which is celebrate on the drive to the end zone yeah. because a touchdown only lasts a few seconds. Well, that's how it is in acting. You know, the actual touchdown in acting may be the booking. It may be shooting the project. Or it may be the project actually airing. Let's just say it's the project actually airing. But there's so much to celebrate leading up to a project airing. Number one, getting the audition. Number two, getting the callback. Number three, booking the job. Number four, actually shooting the job. Number five, meeting new people while you're on that job. All of those things are things to celebrate long before anybody in the world sees the final product. And so that's something that I have to remind myself of specifically with acting. Cause there's so the touchdowns sometimes are few and far between, but there's so many things to celebrate in the career outside of just something getting on the air.
1: I love that. Yes. I love that because I know I don't take my own advice and we just going to move on to, at least I'm <laughs> honest about it. It's hard to take, you know, and I realize I give, queen shannon i can't see your face i just need to remind you of that but it's you know sometimes stuff i tell people i'm like oh that's good i should do that and i'm like nah i'm not gonna do that um because you the best advice you give is often to others or you know mm-hmm.
3: right so absolutely 20. I think that's one of the blessings of having a book, though, especially yeah. for me, because there are times when I have been sharing something and it'll just convict me in my spirit. Like, hold up. Wait a minute. Are you doing this? And if you did it, mm-hmm. how would X, Y and Z be better? And so, mm. yeah, that that's what's been helpful for me with the book that, you know, as I share it, it oftentimes it comes right back to me. And I'm OK with that. I mean, when I say I'm OK with that, sometimes people believe that you know, in order for you to give advice, to teach, to be on a platform, to be in a position where you impact individuals that you have to have it all together or your life is perfect. It's far from it. But I think the beauty is being able to recognize again when you can turn that mirror around to yourself so that you continue to grow and get better.
1: I'm I'm working on it. I'm, I'm yet growing. Queen, um,
2: LaVon, you have a question? I did have a question. I wanted to ask Angela, how do you deal with, um, the feedback or when you get feedback from people that thinks poetry is nothing more than words rhyming? Mm. Mm. You know what? I, I must be <laughs> honest. No one has
3: ever said that to me. Really? I have never, never, like I have never received feedback that has made me feel like the art was anything less than ever. Yeah. Now there may be people I don't even know if anyone has told me to my face um, (laughs) that they they didn't like a poem. You know, you know, sometimes people may say they didn't understand it or, Mm -hmm. you know, they may ask questions like, well, what prompted you to write that? Or I can't believe you shared that or whatever. But um, no, no one has ever shared that with me that, you know, you just you just, you know, got the rhyme dictionary out. That's all you did. It wasn't anything. Great, so I've been fortunate. I don't know what I would say to somebody, I might start rhyming right back on them and you know, have them <laughs> to sat down as my dude drop some, drop some
1: bars, bars or something. Bar. Okay,
2: Lord, Lord.
1: <laughs> ain't no telling Lord. what's going on next time we come to Atlanta. I'm Lord, I'm on, saying. you know, I'm gonna start working on my bars. That revolution <laughs> will not be televised. Um, Queen Shannon.
0: Um so Blackberry Whisper okay um and i know you said this is the second edition um is the first edition still even available or because i'm one of those people like just forgive me i'm nosy i guess so to speak i want to know well what's different from the first to the second like you know right. what did she add what what did she take away so is the first one even still available um out there anywhere
3: Except, well, you know what? I take that back. One of the things that prompted me to come out with a second edition is that I found out that someone was selling, I don't know, maybe they bought it. Maybe they found it at a yard sale. A good one, I have no idea. Someone was selling the first edition of my book on Amazon for like $75. And I was like... Wait, what? someone was trying to sell one copy of Blackberry Whispers for like 75. That was something ridiculous. And they even said it had, you know, beverage stains in it. And I was like, okay, do you think I'm famous and it's the last copy ever that's going to come? And so somebody's going to be cuz it was it's a $15 book. I it just, I could not believe someone was doing that. And so that's kind of what prompted me to come out with the second edition. Wow. And so one of the things that is different, aside from having some some new poetry added, some of the uh, poetry that was in there has been taken out. And then some of the poetry that's inside has been updated just a little bit. I mean, because it was... It's, it's interesting, again, thinking about the title Blackberry Whispers in 2003, when I first started writing and publishing in 2004, you know, there, for me, there was no Blackberry phone on my mm-hmm. radar. So that didn't even come into play. But even the content of some of the poetry was very dated. Um, I don't think I was talking about pagers or anything, but yeah, it was definitely dated. So I updated some of those poems.
0: So, uh, two parts of that. You said some of them were take some of the poems were taken out. How was that process of deciding what you were going to leave, what you were going to take out, and the ones you took out were they? I mean, how did you feel about taking those out? Like, was there, a, um, you know, they, were they not relevant, or you felt that they didn't fit any longer? Like, what what was your process?
3: Some of it had to do with who I am, like who I've grown to be. And I was like, "Mm, this is not the best representation of who I am in 2018. So that was part of it. Uh, Some of it also was, unfortunately, we are in a very extremely uh, sensitive time where it comes to being Mm -hmm. politically
0: correct. True. Mm -hmm.
3: And so Mm -hmm. while poetry is one of those art forms where I feel like we have a little bit more flexibility with Mm -hmm. having creative license there were some that I took out because I was like, I don't even feel like dealing with the nonsense. Mm. So, let's just go ahead and not not put this out there for 2018.
1: <laughs> okay. And and then you got to think about, too, with you being a, a public personality, you know, if somebody may read something and you know, maybe you'll lose a part. Because, right. you know, if it was something controversial or something right. of that nature, I could You know, I always say when I, when I write the greatest story ever told, I'll use, I'm going to have to use a pen name. Um, (laughs) That's just my, my thoughts with some of the things that I honestly could write about and will write about. So I wanted to ask you real quick, because we kind of hit back between the, the author side of you and of course the actress side of you. So how did you get started acting? Cuz I don't know that you that you touched on on that part.
3: Okay, so I got started acting somewhat from my involvement in church. I started doing Easter and Christmas speeches in church. And at a very young age, say about 9 or 10, my speeches were longer than the teenagers you know, the 14 and 15 year olds who were doing Easter speeches, you know, my speeches were longer. And so that was somewhat of a love of performance, started being nurtured there. And then when I was in school, I was in an organization called forensics. I don't know if you all are familiar with it. It has nothing to do with forensic science and, and you know, CSI, mm-hmm. totally different, but it was a, I would say a performance club where we had Individuals who competed in humorous performances, dramatic performances, original oratory, meaning they wrote their own speeches, kind of like public speaking. And then the last one was extemporaneous speaking, which is you come in and you don't know what your topic is going to be. You get a topic that is relevant to the time period and you have to come up with a speech in like a 15 to 20 minute time and then compete in that level. So doing both of those is kind of what started me in acting and then, uh, eventually, doing plays in college and studying performance.
1: So, you just found that you that you loved it and wanted to go on, and decided that Atlanta was the place to be.
3: Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of how it went. Um, again, you know, I was studying performance in college, and I was very fortunate that one of my professors brought an agent, my professor's wife was an actress. And so he brought her agent in to speak with us. And, you know, me trusting who my professor was, because, you know, the entertainment industry for all of the greatness that it is, there are so many people who prey on people's hopes and desires to be a star. And so there's so many predators out there. And so when my professor brought this agent in, I knew this is a legitimate agent. This is someone that I could, you know, sign with. So that was also helpful in bridging the gap from college to the professional world. But yeah, that's, I I guess that's it. You know, I was doing plays in college and I had started to doing what's called corporate training videos. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever, like maybe you have a job where you're looking at someone who... I'm going to just use for an example, I'm going to say McDonald's. Let's just say you're working at McDonald's. And so to get started working, you have to watch a series of videos and you see the person telling you how to drop the fries and, and how do you prepare a Big Mac with two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, and blah, blah, blah. And they have on a, you know, I've been watching those commercials too long. And so they have on the McDonald's uniform, nine times out of 10, that is not a McDonald's employee, that is an actor who is doing what is called a corporate training video. So I did a lot of those starting out before I transitioned into film and television. As a matter of fact, there were some things that I was doing that people were confused about what my career was. There was a rumor that I had left one of my jobs because I was now a nurse because I played a nurse in a commercial. And I was like,
1: Oh my gosh,
2: are you kidding
3: me? So (laughs) yeah.
1: We have a question from, uh, from the audience. Were you born in the South?
3: I was Fayetteville, North Carolina. Shout out to the homie J. Cole. J. Cole and I are from the same hometown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know him, but we from the same hometown. That <laughs> to be clear, J. Cole and I have not shared a stage yet. But yes, we are from the same I, I love
1: that. I love that yet. Yeah. Queen Lamon yes. is in the Carolinas. Yes,
2: yes. That's all I was just oh, what say. Part? It's Right up the street from not too far from me. I'm from South in South Carolina, Spartanburg, South Carolina, the upstate.
3: Oh, okay. I 85.
2: Yes, 85. <laughs> Everywhere.
3: <laughs> so what what
1: has writing taught you?
3: What has writing taught me? Mm-hmm. That is a good question. I would say one thing is to trust yourself and that there is always something to give. Because I think that that is what writing is about. You know, while sometimes I may write a poem or I may write something like a quote, a short story, a blog post, even though I might write it and get inspired, that is just another way for me to give back and share that. And so sometimes it is a little intimidating and a little scary to share those things. But yeah, I think writing has taught me that there's always something to give.
1: Um, Do you you think writing, um, do you think writing leaves you more open and exposed than acting?
3: No. (laughs) No, no. Because there is something, you know, I I don't think i writing is definitely impactful. Definitely. But there I did not realize how impactful acting was and how much acting can even be a ministry until I was in a room with uh, a minister a pastor, we were, I think it was on, we weren't necessarily watching it, but why did I get married? Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married was on. And it was the scene with uh, Malik Yoba and Janet Jackson where they were kind of like finally confronting each other about the loss of their child. Yeah. And so this pastor was saying, you know, when she and her husband watched that movie, that opened up the opportunity for them to talk about the loss of their child. And I was like, whoa, Mm. like she was saying Mm. they both had been feeling the same way about the loss of their child, but had never discussed it. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so watching that movie gave them that permission. And so to think about it in that way, I know how it will open, you know, you open yourself up because while that was a good thing on the flip side, depending on the role that you play. Sometimes people can't separate the reality from the the, the performance. You know, I I didn't realize that this was a big deal, but I played a, I guess you could say a villain on Tyler Perry's Love Thy Neighbor. It never occurred to me that that was like a bad thing. Like literally to me, it was a comedy. I did it. It was fun. And so I remember when the episode ended, the first thing my mom called me and she was like, well, baby, you didn't tell me you was playing a crook. (laughs) <laughs> and in my mind, I was thinking, OK, that doesn't mean, any, you know, I'm just thinking, OK, whatever. But lo and behold, as time passed and I'm out in the public, there were a couple of people who rolled up on me like, yo, why you do my girl like that? And I wow. was like, oh, this is like really serious. Wow. And all my character did was steal some money. I Can you imagine some of these actors who portray you know, roles where they're killing people or they're doing all this stuff. I mean, I've heard of soap opera actors, you know, being slapped in an airport because a fan can't separate fiction from reality. So I would say the acting definitely opens
2: you up more. Mm. Wow. If you are a power follower, I I did see where they said the same thing. You know, they have the son that plays on Power Tariq. And yes. a lot of parents was feeling like, you know, he just needs a good, you know, yes. day, you know, and that when he got on the elevator with someone, they actually did that. You know, it was like you need your butt. Well, you talking to your mama like this. I, <laughs> so it is. But you are so true that people it is hard sometimes to disconnect that person that they're that's a role for them. You know, that's their job. They're just, this is true. It's not them. And so it is hard. It can be very hard um, to disconnect that person from the role that they're playing, that person that they're portraying at that time. So.
0: Oh, wow. yes. Co- confession. Confession. <laughs> I was I was like that about Danny Glover for the longest time after Color Purple. Really? I was. I was like, why would he, like, I was just done with him. Lawrence Fishburne too. Now. Lawrence Fishburne and What's Love Got To Do With It, him too. And then they both redeemed themselves when I watched Lethal Weapon. And he, like, I just loved him in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, um, and then when I saw Lawrence Fishburne and um, The Matrix, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. They redeemed themselves. I'm good now. We we good with them. We're good with them. So, <laughs>
1: guilty. But I guess, Angela, that's a, that would be, like, a, a testament to your acting skills yeah, absolutely. People take mm-hmm. you like if people can't separate you from the role, that mm-hmm. means that you're a very good actor. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: And I did yeah. watch yeah. You know, some some snippets of, of stuff to prep for last year. So I was like, oh, okay. And then honestly, I was like, I wonder if she liked that in person. <laughs> you know I'm not <laughs> Cause I was like, I might have to pull sassy, sassy Valencia out the closet. You
0: know? ready for it? Just ready.
1: Yeah. I was like, mm, she seemed kind of sassy, all just based on you know clips and stuff I saw. But like I said, that's a testament to who you are as, as an actress, as as an author, and as a speaker. And I could see um, see how all of them is like a gumbo of things that just add to each other.
3: Right. So absolutely. I,
1: how I want to ask you one question and then we'll, you know, definitely want to drop how the audience can get the book and connect with you. So through all of this, through all of, mm-hmm. of everything, the experience of, of writing and acting and really putting yourself out there, what kept you motivated along the way? Because I'm pretty sure it was times you was like, you know what? Peace deuces, Atlanta. You know, or maybe that's just me because the traffic is disgusting. I just.
0: Amen.
3: What's kept me motivated? Definitely my parents, because I remember uh, this was before I even moved to Atlanta about 10 years ago. There was another actress who she and I went out for a lot of the same roles. And, you know, we had been kind of like, I guess you could say competitors ever since we were in college. And so this is like five, six years after college. There were things that I was trying to do that door and she would come right behind me Mm. and it would be open for her. And so I I remember I was um, at my parents' house one day. And I was, you know, I was just like, maybe I just don't even need to be doing this. Oh, my mama nipped that in the bud real quick, like really quick. She pulled out Black Mama with this, with the cape real quick um, and (laughs) nipped that in the bud. (laughs) And I think that, you know, coupled with that, the fact that at one time my parents were telling me, go to college you can do the acting, but have something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. And I made the decision not to do that, not to have a, you know, get a degree in something that I can fall back on. And so I think because they saw my commitment, they became even more committed to supporting me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that keeps me motivated. And then I'm gonna be honest, is I also fall back to my five. So Mm -hmm. I I keep the right people in my five that help keep me motivated. Um, You know, we're not all into the performing arts, we, we do different things. But yeah, knowing, you know, being able to talk to someone and, you know, have someone say, OK, you know what, if I were you, I wouldn't do this. Or, you know, you can do this role. I know you can. Or, you know, I, I think about one of um one of my my guy friends who. He coached me into my audition for Love Thy Neighbor, and I booked because he knew me well enough to be able to get me where I needed to be. And so, I think those are the things that keep me motivated: my parents and my top five.
1: I'm gonna awesome. get down to my five. I'm gonna
0: start. Me too. Unfriending
1: people, Queen LeVon, <laughs> Queen Shannon. Hopefully, y'all make the cut. I'll let y'all know. week.
0: <laughs> I know where you um. live. <laughs> 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 Queen, Queen LaVon, make, really I'm, not even, I'm not even starting right. for y'all.
1: <laughs> y'all we are on doing you know the find you radio Facebook live edition and y'all passing threats. I'm just saying when I get down to my five, I don't know who's gonna make it.
0: You only we got are, three to choose. I
1: know. <laughs> Queen La, Queen Levon, would you <laughs> like to go ahead and ask one last question of Queen Angela?
2: I I would like to know what's next.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: what's next? That? Wow. What is next? Well, uh, Valencia mentioned this. She, she added the title director. So I directed my first short film last year. It is still okay. in post-production. So we switched some things up on our editorial team, but I definitely want to do some more directing. So I'm looking for opportunities um, in that vein. I actually had been directing in theater for a while, but I took a a very um, conscious and deliberate break from theater. It's extremely time consuming. And so I was focused on film and television, focused on film and television acting, and just decided it was time to step behind the camera. Because while there are so many decisions that goes into deciding who can be in front of the camera, being behind the camera, it, it's not nearly as uh, as complicated. Mm. So th- that is one of the things that is next.
1: Mm. And the, the title of that film, if you wanted to to drop that as well, so we could still, so we could look out for it.
3: It is called Summer of Seven. It is a somewhat like the, uh, the writer kind of describes it as a Christian faith based version of Harry Potter where you have seven young wow. people who end up at a summer camp, and they are charged with dealing with the evil forces at the summer camp, and discover that they have superpowers from God.
2: Mm. Wow. I should wow. have been
1: casted,
3: I oh, have been casted
1: at that, in that. Um, That's Jeanette, what? The teacher? You know, Look, <laughs> you don't know my superpowers. Uh, Queen Jeanette Hill, hey Jeanette, said she may call you. If you remember, okay. Jeanette was there from. Uh, she she had she, a phenomenal play last year at ABTF that made me cry. I couldn't. And you talk about role confusion. There was people in that play. A man in particular. I told him I wasn't talking to him the rest of the festival because of what he already wow. played in in the play. Oh, um, wow. And Queen Denisha, thank you. She said. Uh, she could listen to your voice all day. I know Angela has a oh, thank voice you. like like butter, like butter. You know, Just,
3: uh, um. do you know what? Let me let me go ahead and put this out here. That's the other <laughs> thing that is next is doing more with voiceover. Yeah. I was moderate. Awesome. I moderated a um, a discussion of Michelle Obama's book Becoming, and mm-hmm. after the I moderated, there was someone who walked up to me and she said, "So is your voice insured?" and I was like, "Excuse me?" She's like, "Do you have insurance on your voice?" And I was like, "No." And and I'm a well aware that depending on what your career is, you can insure things. So like if you're a hand model, like your hands are just yeah. beautiful if you're a hand model, mm-hmm. you can insure your hands because that's how you make your money. And so I was like, "No." But if she thought enough of my voice that she questioned whether it was insured, I realized I need to be doing more mm-hmm. with it. So absolutely here to the define you radio family you've heard it here be on the lookout for for voiceover projects i've done voiceover in the past but it just has not been a focus yeah it
1: seems with uh with audio books and a lot of people Mm -hmm. turn it more to more to you know audio things um okay i'm reading the comments uh because denisha said if you if if she did my audiobook, I'd listen to it all the time. LOL. Okay. And Queen Jeanette, and if you don't have her information, Angela, I will connect y'all. I love Jeanette. She says, okay. um, "The Amen, the circle, Amen Circle is casting." Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah,
1: which is, huh. um, well, I'll, I'll connect. I'll connect y'all after the show, and I do vouch okay. for both of y'all. Y'all know I don't. I don't just be vouching for people somebody be like listen well, you introduce me but I do I do vouch and y'all probably met last year and just don't remember um but right. I'll definitely do do that but I could see you doing voiceover because your voice is like I want to work mm-hmm. on my voice because you have like a calming voice like somebody could listen to it on like one of the meditation things as they go to sleep I have a voice that you know I have a different kind of voice and with that Queen Shannon. Most. I don't you you number six on my Fab Five list almost.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll talk after that the show. So we will funny. talk after the show. Um no, but actually Levon asked the question I was gonna ask what was next. Um but I guess I will go to how do how do the people stay in touch with you? How do they connect with you? How do they follow you?
3: I am on Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram, at the Angela Ray. That is T H E Angela Ray, and Ray is R A Y. So I'm active on all three of those platforms.
0: Awesome, awesome. But she
1: is a celebrity, so don't y'all come to her inbox acting common. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying you don't. We don't want people getting too common. When we have celebrity guests on, we gotta act like we know how to act.
0: And this is how we know how to act, right here, right?
1: I don't even know. I don't even know, <laughs> don't even know what to say. Uh, Queen Angela with the with the see blackberry could have like it could describe your voice.
0: Mm. Mm. Blackberry whispers mm. that mm. and that whisper and molasses because you know molasses runs smooth. But yes. Now I'm Definitely. not going to get
2: this song out my head.
1: I know, and I ain't lying. Ever since I saw the name of the book, that's why I was thinking Blackberry Molasses. Yes. Because so, that song was like very calm, and you have a very calm
0: it was.
1: So I was like, okay. Um, I don't know. Marcus Keith put something about what about autographs that he could sell. I don't know what he's talking about, but real quick, the did they sell any copies of the book for
3: $75 I have no idea I doubt it I mean who's going to buy a book that has it has water they literally said it they didn't they weren't even hiding they said it has water stains in it and I was like so if they did I mean I doubt it I doubt it but it that was one of the things that let me know that I needed to either put the original back in print or do another edition and I just decided to do another edition
2: hmm
1: I don't know how i would feel like if somebody was selling one of my books like i'd be flattered and then at the same time i'd you know that other You're side of would come out that don't that run me my money side mm-hmm. of it would come out i'm just saying um
3: but well, I, you like know battery. what? I will challenge you, Valencia, to, to Google yourself and look that up because that's how I stumbled on it is I I, I go every now and then I kind of Google myself just to see what's out there. Make sure it's nothing crazy. See if and that's how see I found out. <laughs> right. Whatever. Exactly. And so that's how I found that out. You know, every now and then, you know, th- I will find out something that I didn't know someone put out. And, you know, I've been very fortunate. It hasn't been anything crazy. Um, you know, someone maybe will pick something up off my Instagram and then it'll get into a newsletter or it'll end up in a press release. And I'm like, well, how did they get that? I didn't submit that my publicist didn't. And so it, you know, sometimes things will kind of spiral like that, but that's how I found out. So uh, I have another friend who said that she found out her book was being sold on walmart.com and she can't figure out how that's happening. Cause she's like, I'm not getting that money. So, right. Yeah. right. Hmm. Now, you know, because this is a, you know, this is America. Anybody could, you know, buy your book and resell it. I mean, right. it's what we do. We buy something we don't like, you know, we sell it on Poshmark. We sell it on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's possible, but no one should be making copies of your work. Right. That's that <laughs> right. the difference. So um, she wasn't able to determine yet, you know, how whoever this was selling her book on Walmart.com was actually doing it
1: probably walmart itself but let me not say that before all my internet just shut down i'm just
0: saying how about
2: that look you go
0: okay a little thing
1: come across the screen or somebody come running i'm just saying look, I, okay. those views
0: are, that do not express how, how does it go these are not the views of, of defy you Express. how does that go
1: the disclaimer yeah
3: out how out the, does not reflect the view of Define You Radio and its sponsors. There Something you go. Like we all know that.
1: Look, I would have
3: several to, get times. You to
1: record that for me. Yes, I was, I yes, I I was, was just going to say it. that. I'm going to get you just to record it for me, and that way I can play that disclaimer
2: <laughs> uh, right for, at the beginning of the for show. every
1: show. So mm-hmm. that way, just in case, I don't know if you know how Queen Shannon and Queen Lebron may act if they not in my five. So that way, right. whatever they may say afterwards, we've already <laughs> warned that Define You Radio is a whole other entity outside of the Queen. you right. see. So, Queen mm-hmm. Angela, it has been a pleasure.
3: Yes. Uh, thank you, guys, you thank all you for, so much. For- you
1: are, we got to have you back, especially because I want you to record some stuff. Like you can record the intro. Welcome to Define You Radio or something. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. be I, delighted to see that. paying for it. Um
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Y'all make sure y'all pick up blackberry whispers at blackberrywhispers.com. It's real simple. The we'll drop it again in the link. Connect with Queen Angela Ray. She is on Facebook, Instagram, um like I said don't y'all act extra common and familiar with our celebrity guests. Okay. I'm just saying, um, with that being said, pens and papers down. I hope you guys have definitely been inspired by just people doing stuff. Queens out Mm -hmm. there doing stuff. Queen Angela is such a humble person. We've had the pleasure of meeting her and she's out Mm -hmm. there doing, doing her thing and still showing up to inspire Others like me, like I'm gonna work on my voice and my bars. That being said, class is officially over. Make sure you, you need join. me got that beatbox for
3: Valencia. Oh, I no, that beatbox right you, Valencia. Beatbox right know, now, girl. You know what, I'm, wait, saying? Wait,
2: wait, what? Go, I'm saying? wait, Look, this is the <laughs> wait, What? Hey, class is <laughs> over. This this episode episode.
1: Go ahead. What you got? Do um,
2: not get. Are her you ready started? for the beat? beatbox?
1: I'm ready. Can't do okay. it. <laughs> This is Define You Radio. Uh, we are signing off. Uh, okay, with that being said, <laughs> <laughs> classes is, is officially open. Like, Shannon, look, you got the voice. You were supposed to come in with some notes. We could have had a whole <laughs> This was supposed,
3: supposed to be a hug there. that's supposed to be
1: a hug.
0: Okay, let's do it again. I got you. I got you. Define You. See, I got you.
1: You got to match okay. her beatbox. And uh, oh, like uh, to-
0: I got her beatbox. I got, I got her beat my head.
1: Okay, go ahead, Levon. Levon, like, look, I ain't signed
2: up. I this. stay in my lane <laughs> and drink my pretty waters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Y'all, it has been a, a great show. Y'all know where to find us <laughs> next week, same time, same place. Until then, your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up
0: Thank you for listening. Connect with the show at the Define You Facebook. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition and what you do with that is up to you.